0: the Movies of Mirrors podcast. Each week on the podcast, we invite a guest to choose a film that represents an issue or a subject that interests or affects them so that through our conversations about these movies, we can better understand the world around us, pressing social issues. We can better understand each other and hopefully make ourselves better and the world better place. My name is Benjamin Thevenin and this week I am sitting with my next door neighbor, Dan Aldridge. Dan, do you want to say hi?
1: Hi, how are you? <laughs>
0: Dan um, has been a neighbor of mine for a while, and I've been dying to have this conversation with him about his experience um, serving in the military and specifically during the Vietnam War. And this week, he has chosen for us to watch the 2002 film, We Were Soldiers. Now, We Were Soldiers uh, was directed by Randall Wallace, based on the memoir, We Were Soldiers Once and Young, written by Lieutenant General Hal Moore and journalist Joseph Galloway. Now The film is set in 1965 during the Vietnam War and it follows Moore, played by Mel Gibson, as he trains and then leads a battalion of 400 U.S. soldiers in battle against 4,000 North Vietnamese soldiers in the Ia Drang Valley. Though facing seemingly insurmountable odds, Moore's troops ultimately overcome the Vietnamese forces, but in the course of the battle they suffer terrible casualties. Servicemen are played by actors such as Sam Elliott, Greg Kinnear, Chris Klein, Clark Gregg, John Hamm, there's so many others. Um, Barry Pepper plays the reporter Galloway. Madeline Stowe and Carrie Russell both play soldiers' wives anxiously awaiting the news of their loved ones overseas.
1: Daddy, what is a war? It's when
2: some people try to take the lives of other people and then Soldiers like your daddy, have to, you know, it's my job to go over there and stop them. Welcome to the new cavalry. We will ride into battle and this will be our horse. Fly into hostile territory outnumbered 10,000 miles from home. They want to fly with you for some reason. I guess it's because they think you're the best. I suppose they have a choice in all this. You sure don't. I have today ordered to Vietnam, 125,000 men. Additional forces will be needed later. We'll be landing under fire, gentlemen. Men will die. We are going into battle against a tough and determined enemy.
0: Dan, why don't we start by uh, you just telling us a little bit about yourself and then why you chose this movie.
1: My name is Dan Aldridge. I'm a retired uh, Army officer. Uh, I started out my career as an enlisted man. I was a salvage diver with the Corps of Engineers in the Army. Uh, later uh, got out, uh, went to college, went back, obtained a, a, a commission in the United States Air Force and uh, was a little too old to go to flight school so after a couple of years I transferred to the army went to the army's flight school uh, learned how to fly fixed-wing multi-engine single engine uh, helicopters uh, and uh, served in Vietnam for a two-year period between uh, 1967 and uh, in uh, 1971 so and in that time I served from the very most southern part of Vietnam to the very south Vietnam to the very most northern part of South Vietnam and I served from coast to coast and uh, in every uh, sector of the country so uh, I was interested in this because I have one man's perspective but I have a rather broad perspective because I worked in different areas while there over a range of time. So often we think of one man's story as what the Vietnam War was like. And the Vietnam War was different for every man at whatever time he was there and at whatever job he had. His job, his experience was totally different from any other of the men. At one time we had 500,000 in Vietnam all at one time. We lost 55,000 soldiers killed.
0: Yeah, you think about, you know, a conflict that stretches a decade-long, uh, hundreds of thousands of people. Um, how can any one story tell the whole story? But you, you, uh, and, and we looked at a number of different stories considering like which film would be best to have this conversation, but we settled on this film um, I think for a, a few good reasons, what are some of the reasons, Dan, do you feel like that We Were uh, Soldiers really is helpful to introducing us to the Vietnam War?
1: Yeah, We Were Soldiers Once and Young came out after the war. And so that's the title is an important part. Mm-hmm. We Were Soldiers Once and Young. Mm-hmm. When the movie comes out, we are soldiers old <laughs> and, and experienced and uh, It stands up to the scrutiny of parts of the Vietnam War, and it shows this movie shows the Vietnam War early on, 1965. Mm -hmm. uh, Whereas we looked at another film, uh, which was done in, I believe, 1968, Mm -hmm. and that was called Platoon.
0: Yeah, the two
1: films are diametrically opposed.
0: Yeah, talk about that, Dan, like what are some of the the scenes, the sequences from We Were Soldiers that stand out to you to be particularly reflective of your experience? And you could even contrast to that to some of the representations we see in Platoon or in other uh, films about Vietnam.
1: Some of the finest people that I had ever served with is down in the delta, the great southern part of Vietnam, the Rice Bowl of Asia. Uh, It was being taken over by the Viet Cong with the support from the North Vietnamese. And I served with, with officers that you would want your sons and daughters to be served with. I served with sons and daughters, mm-hmm. 18, 19 years old, that made you proud. Mm-hmm.
0: And Because uh, you're in your 30s, are yeah, you? Yeah,
1: I'm, I'm 30, 31 at that time. Okay, I have gotcha. four children and wife at home living mm-hmm. you know, away from her parents. And uh, So in this part of the picture where they depict these people being there, being in the battle, and then reports are coming back and they're getting uh, reports of people that have been killed.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Well, later in the war, or after I'm back into the US, I take part in that as a, an officer doing one job, but when somebody in nearby in our unit or within the county or the state has a loss, mm-hmm. then a officer goes out usually two, mm-hmm. and meets with the family and says, I'm sorry, your son has been lost at this and this. In the movie, when this take place, we were not set up for that. And cab drivers brought the telegrams and tried to find the people at their homes. Yeah. And so this strange cab driver comes to this young woman with a baby in her arms, and he sadly gives her this.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: The part that really touch me is when a cab driver can't find the person and mm-hmm. so he goes to the commander's this battalion commander's home yep. and finds his wife she is downstruck she thinks that he's coming to tell her and then he says can you tell me this address And then she realizes this is one of the wives of one of the officers whom she knows very closely because it's a very tight-knit community. Mm -hmm. And you see in the film how she is impacted. And then it moves on very quickly through it. And she tells the cab company, send all of these notices to me and I will notify the wives. When my wife was with me and we were reviewing this particular film, she broke down and cried and left yeah. because she and I had gone out afterwards as a pair and had notified people that their son wasn't coming back, their daughter wasn't coming back. And so that part of the picture portrays the real heartbreak of any warfare at any time in any place
0: i totally agree Dana. that was i think one of the most emotionally compelling scenes i mean as as like gripping and intense um and tragic as the depictions of the conflict itself were uh seeing the these women at home like dealing with the deaths of their husbands um and then also like the heroism of um of madeline stowe's character and carrie russell's character's like taking it upon themselves to go and inform these women and uh, grieve with them. It was just really powerful.
1: Yeah, so. this is this is not the Beatle Bailey cartoon no. group of folks. And uh, I see it as uh, through my entire military career I knew those people. Mm-hmm. And uh, those were the kind of people that I served with and had dinner with and went to movies with and Mm -hmm. It was always the troops were first.
0: You know, and that's interesting because Splatoon makes a special effort to kind of depict the violence and and kind of like the terrifying nature of some of the the violence that's happening. And yet, uh, almost uh, in doing so, it doesn't give the same weight to the tragedies that these uh, folks are experiencing that... Um, That sequence, Madeline Stowe's character going around and handing out the notices, in some ways, we feel the loss of those individuals more when we see um, their, you know, spouses grieving for them than when we do simply see like blood and guts on screen and things like that. Yeah,
1: the uh, uh, platoon was done in what, August or September of '68.
0: Yeah. And so it's later, set later during the war. It's in a later time. Mm -hmm.
1: And by now the nation has, I've been in Vietnam from July 4th, 67 to July 4th of 68. And the attitude of the nation in the support of the Vietnam War is beginning to change. Yeah. The film is made, what, 10 years later? I think it's I
0: 85, I looked it up, yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. 85, the war's been war was over for us in 75, mm-hmm. or at least officially over, mm-hmm. uh, although we were still involved in the cleaning up afterwards within our own country. Yeah. Uh, the film there depicted more of the anti-war... Personality that was going on within the u s yeah uh, we had we had gone from forty sixty to sixty forty you know in uh, favor of getting out, and many many people would picture or depict in any way to help getting us out, so I think there was a little bit of that in the film mm-hmm. and the film failed to show a great deal of uh, Concerned for one fellow soldier or the other.
0: Yeah, you and I both commented on that before uh, we started recording. That platoon, you, you, you and you said it yourself. You know, some of the circumstances depicted in pl- platoon are true. Like these things, these tragedies did happen, though that they were much smaller uh, of representation of of the conflict uh, than the movie makes them out to be. And one of the issues that kind of we both kind of agreed on that we took with it is that. Uh, there's a special effort in We Were Soldiers to depict the camaraderie among um, the soldiers, and, and Platoon seems to lack that.
1: Yeah, Platoon uh, showed each man they had the uh, the FNG, mm-hmm. uh, the new guy. Yeah, And I let the new guy go and take, uh, take point today. He doesn't know anything. He may get killed, and we won't, we won't have lost anything.
0: Mm-hmm. That's
1: not coming from his sergeant's or from his commander, the lieutenant, Mm -hmm. that's coming from each of the other individual soldiers.
0: soldiers, That's right, yeah.
1: Now there's a a contrast between the two movies. In the time period, there's a contrast of 1965 uh, in uh, We Were Soldiers, and in that time, the unit was put together in the States, the unit shipped to Vietnam as a unit, and they remained as a unit for mm-hmm. that first year until they rotated out. Mm-hmm. Uh, by by uh, contrast, in 68, when Platoon was made, that unit had been in Vietnam for some mm-hmm. unlimited amount of time. Mm-hmm. I don't know what they, they didn't, because they depicted it as a unit and they yeah. depicted it as one out of the Americal Division, but they did not say how long they had been in country. So we know then that it wasn't the same commander, it wasn't of the company, it wasn't the same commander of that particular platoon. None of those sergeants, none of those enlisted people had been to Vietnam before mm-hmm. or together with everyone. They had all come into that unit as individual replacements from the states with no experience. And they entered into a unit that had people with various experiences from two days to 364 days. Yeah. And if you've noticed, they counted their days. Yep. We all had a calendar. And when you got halfway through, you were becoming a short timer and you're checking off the days.
0: This is all like really fascinating, Dan. Um, I, I do wanna watch a scene with you from the film. Um, we commented that like that the film actually has a number of pretty, uh, uh, I think, touching sequences. One such scene uh, we'll watch together now. Um, in this scene, uh, there's a young officer, Jack Gagan. He's played by Chris Klein. Him and uh, Mel Gibson's character are meeting the chapel of the hospital right after um, Gagan's wife has just given birth to their daughter. Colonel, may I ask you
2: a question? What do you think about being a soldier and a father? I hope that being good at the one makes me better at the other. Why? What about you? I don't know, sir. Between college and here, Barbara and I spent a year in Africa. We helped build a school for orphans. They were orphans because the warlord across the border didn't like their tribe. I know God has a plan for me. I just hope it's to help protect orphans not make any. Well, why don't we ask him? Come on, let's go ask him. Heaven, Before we go into battle, every soldier among us will approach you each in his own way. Our enemies, too, according to their own understanding, will ask for protection and for victory. And so we bow before your infinite wisdom. We offer our prayers as best we can. I pray you watch over the young men like Jack Gagan that I lead into battle. You use me as your instrument in this awful hell of war.
0: So, Dan, I was impressed that the movie makes a special effort to humanize the soldiers on both sides of the conflict. And uh, in, in a way that, I, I mean, I don't, I haven't watched a ton of war films, but I feel like that's often not the case. Um, but while it still like, clearly positions us on the side of the U.S. soldiers, it, it makes an effort to kind of represent the complexity of the conflict. Um, and I was curious about this, like, um, we talked about it a little bit beforehand. What do you feel like are the benefits of this approach that kind of acknowledge all these different perspectives and acknowledges the, the, the humanity of all those that are involved in wars like this?
1: I, I think I have a deep perspective on it. I had uh, three brothers that were in the uh, Second World War, all of them in combat in different places. One of those brothers was then called back when Korea started then he stayed in and then he and I were in Vietnam together. Wow. And uh, uh, so there you got family family members and ties. After the battle of the Tet Offensive on February 1, 1968, where we were totally overrun in hand-to-hand combat and tossing grenades 15 feet away and ducking, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, when the battle was over, I think I had told you earlier that we had two five-ton dump truck bodies of theirs that we had killed as they came as they came in to us trying to destroy us and when dawn came and there was a lull and we were picking up the bodies i thought to myself there's some of my brothers only they were in black pajamas conical hats they had ak-47s not ar-15s mm-hmm. so uh, somewhere across that pineapple field that was across from us, where they had probably come from, there were wives and mothers and children that were throwing. One of the people was our officer's barbershop barber. Another one was a guy that ran the diesel engines, he the post engineers. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were there on the attack. He's probably the one that plotted each night as to where their mortar rounds were to land when they'd mortar us. Wow. But, uh, and there was a boy that looked like he was 10 years old, had two, looked like a westerner with two bandoliers of, Mm -hmm. you know, of rounds across his shoulders and his older uh, Chinese carbine. He was laying there dead. Yeah. Just like the guy, the South Vietnamese Viet Cong that were 30 years old. So, yeah, that's human losses on both sides. And the deeper you get into any war, you recognize that that uh, they all feel the losses. The Germans felt the losses of their people as they roared through Poland and all. You know, we've, we've seen some good portrayals of, of the feelings of both sides in many war movies come along, although I'm not a war movie fan. I saw enough.
0: Again, yeah, this perspective that you offer is really powerful. Um, I really appreciate you being willing to share some of those experience with, this with us. Um, I feel like especially folks that are closer to my generation, um, I think really benefit from the perspective that you and so many others that have served offer. First, that you like that you've um, been in war, but also that you've had, I don't know, a half a century to reflect on that experience and to kind of put it into perspective are there any like um, before we end the episode are there any kind of final takeaways what would you hope our audience would learn from this film in particular but then also your own learning about war your own perspective on war
1: Uh, having uh having had the perspective of when i was eight years old of hearing on the big radio that sat up against the wall, you know, the floor-mounted radio Uh, that we see. (laughs) Sitting on the floor and hearing that my brother's aircraft carrier, the Princeton, was sunk. Didn't know where the brother was. Mm Didn't know if he lived or died. He lived. Uh, When another brother was in an area in Korea, they were overrun. Didn't know. Uh, He had been a sergeant. Everybody, all the officers were killed. He was given a battlefield commission. He was leading a platoon of half-tracks with quad 50 caliber machine guns mounted on them. Uh, We didn't know that. So these people come back. Another brother that was in the Air Force uh, in the Pacific. uh, And you, you have to realize that this is the way of the world. The Vietnam War was not our last war. Then we did Grenada, we did Bosnia-Herzegovina, we did Iraq, uh, Afghanistan, and we're still doing Afghanistan, and that's not going to be the end. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have to continue as a nation to prepare for this next scrape.
0: So pray that war doesn't come again, but prepare, prepare the for the war. That's right. right. That's yeah. great. Yeah. Yeah. Now. Uh before we move on and uh, we're going to talk about our audience question in a moment I I do want you you did share with me that you met uh Colonel Moore and I guess he be, ultimately became a Lieutenant General
1: Yes, he was um, a Lieutenant General.
0: And you you hung out with him. You spent some, a little bit of time with him. We
1: spent uh, time with Colonel Moore and with uh, the author
0: Galloway, I think. Yeah, yeah. Galloway
1: and uh we had dinner with him. We were at a reunion of uh Aviation forces that had been that da- army aviation forces that had worked together down in the Delta. Uh, we were at Fort Rucker, Alabama, and uh, we were fortunate enough to sit at the same table with those two and talk to them. So uh, a great experience and both of them appeared to be the same man <laughs> as the two actors that portrayed them.
0: That's great. Well, that's such a cool experience. Um, Dan, before we move on to our audience question, I just want to thank you for having this conversation with me. You and I have chatted for a long time and kind of I've gotten a, a little pieces of this story, but it's been really uh, a remarkable experience to watch these films with you and to have these conversations with you. And I just really appreciate you, your perspective and your willingness to come on the episode today.
1: Thank you. I'm honored. And it's my pleasure.
0: Um, well, uh, before we end the episode, we do want to return to our audience question from a couple of weeks ago. Um, uh, the question was, who are everyday heroines in movies that you find the most compelling? We got a few responses um, online. Uh, Savannah Keenan-Croft, who appeared in that episode, she talked about both Prairie and Nina from uh, the movie, t- television series The OA. Um Dallin wrote uh, that he enjoys um, Samantha from The Kid on the Bike, the film. Um, Amy Hilton Mock wrote uh, Velma Dinkley from uh, *from Scooby-Doo, I believe. And uh, then uh, Ray writes, although it's a streaming show and not a movie, I think that Joyce Byers is one of the best everyday heroines thrown into extraordinary circumstances. Um, that's uh, in season one of Stranger Things. So we have a, a, a nice uh, kind of a variety of responses. Dan, you and I talked about um, uh, Julie Moore, uh, Hal Moore's wife, as being one of those everyday heroines um, in the effort that she makes to go with Carrie uh, with Russell's character and deliver those notices to the wives um, uh, who've lost their husbands. And... I, I was just kind of amazed uh, to hear y- your own experience doing something similar during the war as well. Thanks for sharing that. I also wanted to give uh, one recommendation to our listeners. There is a short documentary on Netflix right now uh, called Heroin, spelled H-E-R-O-I-N apostrophe E apostrophe. And it's uh, about the, an op- the opioid addict, uh, epidemic affecting, um, I guess the nation, but in a particular town where three women, a fire chief, um, a drug court judge, and then, um, kind of a Christian, uh, community, uh, volunteer is making special efforts to serve the people of most negatively affected by the opioid, uh, problem in their community. And, uh, and Not only, I mean, does it is it called heroin? It's a, it's about these three um, kind of extraordinary women. It is one of the most emotionally impactful things I've watched in a long time. So I recommend that to everyone. And then um, uh, re- regarding our episode today, I would love to hear uh, audience uh, responses to the question: Are there films depicting war that offer perspectives that you haven't considered before? That gives you a new um, way of seeing what it means to uh, to engage in this kind of conflict. Well, uh, before we end, we want to thank Dan again for appearing on the episode today. i uh, also like to thank Alexis Romero-Walker for running our social media, Aiden Bay for our intro music. Dan, do you have any final words for us? Go forth and serve. Thanks, Dan. We really appreciate it. And we'll see you folks next week.